What up? This is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, we stepped onto the green, onto the fairway, into the bunker, any other golfing reference you can think of. And we did that with the best damn golf instructor on the planet, George Gankus. And it was a hell of a time, dude. He is an absolute legend. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel. He has his own everything. I mean, on his Instagram, you'll see him giving lessons from kids to adults to, like, I saw him giving lessons to Dwayne Wade. Like, he's a he's a superstar, man. And we had to bring him on the podcast to talk about, well, the Masters are coming up. We had to talk about the Masters. We had to talk about, you know, his life and how he got into the whole profession that is teaching people how to golf. It's pretty banana. So, you know, it was a huge honor, man. I, I'm so glad we got him on the podcast and uh, can't wait for you guys to hear what he had to say. So, Without further ado, I bring to you the phenomenal, the legendary, best damn golf instructor on the planet, George Gankus. Alternate Take, what's up, man? We brought you guys a legend in the golf industry. We brought you guys George Gankus, the number one golf instructor in the world. How you doing, George? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, man. Um, this is the one area i think of sports that we haven't touched yet was golf you know we've been all over the place we've had hockey players we've had baseball players football players and coaches and cut men and the ufc we've done it all but golf is the one area we haven't touched yet and it's perfect timing because the masters is coming up so jordan gate george gankers let me talk about your life for a second before we get into all your you know amazing achievements let's talk about george you know and how golf got into your life um golf got into my life because i was playing other sports and my dad introduced me to it late probably about well not really late he introduced me early but i just didn't want to play i didn't i just didn't like it and then about 18 uh, over the uh summer he he asked me if i wanted to go play golf and i was like sure i'll go play so i went out and played and i was terrible <laughs> like real bad like shooting in the hundreds and he's like you might be the worst golfer i've ever seen <laughs> and he's like if you ever beat me in golf i'd quit golf and so i was like you know what like straight up I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna get good so i did i got good real fast in like a year and a half i became a scratch golfer and i just grinded like hit every day i was hitting 30 i mean i was playing 36 holes or i was legit hitting 800 to 1000 balls sounds crazy but i was i was banging balls all day and so i decided instead of wrestling in college i decided to play golf and and I wasn't good enough yet, but I went to junior college instead. And then it had transferred over and walked on to uh, uh, Cal State Northridge and made their team um, after playing two years at uh, a junior college. And then from there on, I just I just kept grinding, grinding, playing. And then I turned professional and played professional. And it just kept going. That's how I got introduced to golf is my dad was talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> my dad that's hilarious how much do you think those other sports helped you in um in golf because i know like for me that was the one thing i focused on when i started to learn golf a little bit was i played baseball my whole life and in baseball it's heavy mechanics and from a young age you know you have to if you don't know your mechanics you're basically fucked the rest of your career so you have to learn them at a young age and going mechanical for sure i mean yeah. it definitely is but not not as much as golf no but not at all no disrespect, but golf is crazy technique. It's just one thing after, because we're always doing videos, and I know that that golf for me was way different than any other sport, because anything else, I felt like an athlete. I picked up a ball, I threw it, I reacted, 
I was playing basketball, baseball, wrestling. Everything was really eye-hand coordination reaction. Then I played golf and it was, it was so non-athletic to me, in my opinion, compared to everything else. And, and anybody, nobody's going to talk trash to me about me saying that, but most people would if they didn't. But the thing is, is I, I, I didn't mean that as a disrespect because there's a lot of good athletes who play golf. But the difference is, it's more of if you didn't play at an earlier start, in my assumption, because I didn't, I can't tell people what they felt, but I can tell you that when I played golf at a start, it was more of, okay, what do I have to do with my hands at a address? What do my arms do? It wasn't just grab the club and swing it. It did it. Nothing was natural for me. I had to position my body in certain, certain areas that were different than anything I ever did. And doesn't mean it was more athletic. It was just more position oriented, more technical, uh, more thinking than it was just reaction and being an athlete. And then it, but, but way harder for me. Golf was right. way harder. Right. No, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it definitely is that. Me, me and my brother, we always talk about when we're little, how we think we're good at golf because when we're little, our, one of our favorite things to do was we still always practice baseball swings from celebrities. Like, oh, like I can mimic Albert Pujols' swing. I can mimic uh, Ken Griffey's stance. And just that, like, knowing how to, like, copy someone's body movements was how we thought we got decent at golf. Like, well, just look at the guy on the TV and just try to copy him as much as you can. Like, I don't know what he's doing. I can't break down what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing but just try to copy him. And that was how we got at least into it a little bit. I swear to God. No, I believe it because that's what I did. I mean, we had Lee Trevino. So I try and copy his swing. Then we had Freddie Keppels who was like lift up and then late turn and then super smooth. And I mean, every single Tiger Woods, um, every one of the guys that I copied helped me be more athletic. The problem is, is the way you did it would would have been way better as an athlete to just copy look and go but i wanted to know why they did it like you just said i didn't know why they did it i want to know why they did it so i could capture it and that was the biggest mistake i think i made if i just became more visual and just was like okay i'm gonna copy this guy i would have way more flow instead i tried to capture it when i I think why people play really good golf is because they're not thinking about motion. They're not thinking about anything. They're more in the moment. They're, they're visually seeing things differently. And I think as soon as we have a good round and, and we play good, we try and capture what we were doing mechanically. And that's when we lose all our flow and our natural ability to just, just play good golf. I think anybody who does that, they're like, what was I doing? And what you were doing was not thinking. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, when did you start? thinking that you could start teaching golf you know and obviously you got very good very quickly and um right away because my my dad's a teacher he was a he was a football coach and PE teacher my mom's an english professor and a, and a psychiatrist and so she both of them were teachers and my grandma was a teacher too so everybody in my family is a teacher but i didn't want to be a teacher that's the last thing i want to be an athlete so when i actually when I actually started playing golf a lot, instead of going to, to, to college to wrestle, I was like, you know what? I was, everybody kept asking me questions because everybody was, like you said, just copying people and just being an athlete. I started understanding the mechanics of it, but I really didn't. I, I thought I did it like 18, 19, 20, but people were still curious why I knew so much. And that was really young and I really didn't know shit, but I thought I did. And then people kept going, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And I'd tell them what was up. And so I was convincing in the way I told them. 
And I think that was a big part of why I was a teacher because I could be convincing about the way I brought something about whether it was right or wrong, I could convince them that it was correct. Okay. And so, and they could watch me pound a ball. So they're like, fuck, that must be correct. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of the way I looked at it was, you know, people kept asking me questions up till I was about 20, shit. 20, 26, 27, 28, I started catting. 25, 26, 27, I started catting at Sherwood Country Club, which is a club. And if people don't know, in LA, just out of LA, Westlake, Thousand Oaks. And I've started meeting some people there that were like, can you give me lessons on the side? And I said, like, oh, I don't give lessons, but I'll caddy for you. And then finally, I was like, yeah, I'll teach. But I couldn't, I didn't know where to teach because every driving range, if you're not part of the PGA program, we'll lock you out. You walk on there with, let's say I said, hey, you want to go like work? I'll, I'll help you out. And I, and I didn't have like a PGA card or, or I didn't work at this course. They'll kick you off just yeah. for help. It's it's pretty gnarly, but I, I get why they do it because there's other pros that are trying to make a living and you can't just have random people come on. But when it's one person and they're not doing it every day, you should be able to let them come on and help somebody yeah. else. You know what I mean? Definitely. So anyways, that's when I started deciding that, hey, I could do this. So I kind of transferred between playing and teaching. And I did both. And then the rest was history. I just started getting a bunch of really good juniors and just kept going and kept going. Wow. Wow. Well, that being said, I mean, like I said, I've seen your YouTube channel. I've seen how many people that you do train. And I think the thing that's really cool about your channel is that it's not just celebrities. You have kids, you have adults, you have high level executives, you have everybody. Um, how do you keep the same enthusiasm with all these people? I mean, like, it's a lot different, you know, giving golf lessons to Dwayne Wade than it is to a young kid. And, you know, as a kid, I think we're so absorbed. Like, we, we're such a sponge. I know when a coach is is invested in me. I know when they care if I'm learning the right things, you know. And, you know, so how do you keep that same, you know, energy? I, that's never been a problem for me. It's always been, you know what it was? It was, it was a big time coach. I'm not going to say the name. I came and watched him teach. He's the only person I watched teach. And I could see that he didn't have interest in certain players, only the good players. And I was like, that's some bullshit. And he was charging a lot. And I just, I just thought it was kind of, I just thought it was kind of BS. I really did. I just thought, and and the, the coach had already made it. And I think that I looked at it as when a coach already makes it and then they don't have full interest in a player I think that it's also going to hurt the coach's business because that player's going to go talk trash and any kind of fire in the wrong way is just, it's just too, it's too damaging. And, and I think that the word of mouth is the biggest key. Um, I think that it's funny. I know when somebody's talking trash online about me, I know they'd never been to me. And if, and if, and if they had, I would be very surprised because when I leave there, I make sure they're happy Um, and I make sure that they understand and I make sure that they, they know how to contact me if something's wrong. And, and if they didn't, then they're just a piece of shit. (laughs) Every bit of energy into that player. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, I 100% agree. And I, I I know coaches like you, I've had them in my life and like, you don't forget them. I'm, I'm I'm 29 years old now. And I remember coaches like that had the same energy as you. And I was like six. And we still talk. So, I mean, that's it's huge. It's very important. 
players come by and they hug me that I hadn't seen for 10 years. They're like, dude, I just want to come say what's up. And it, it, that, that means a lot to me. I mean, considering that, dude, you changed so much in my life and now I'm, I'm in this business, but you helped me. And, and that's why I teach, to be honest, is the reward from players succeeding um, and really enjoying life. You know what I mean? And really like understanding, you know, certain lessons to life because when I'm teaching players, it's not always just golf. A lot of times they'll come to me about either family stuff or they'll come to me about, you know, about mental stuff or, or girls or something of that sort. It's always something different. And, and listen, I'm not going to say that I'm the best to get advice to on certain issues, but I can tell you that I can help players and, and people that are having some issues. Cause I, I've, I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot and, that's the fun part about teaching for me. It's not just, it's not just the coaching. It's questions about, Hey man, every time that I get up to an actual first tee, I get so nervous. I'm like, why? And it's always because of embarrassment. Their ego is going to get damaged. They want to be good. And I said, are you okay with messing up? No, I'm not okay with it. I said, well, then if you're not okay with all outcomes, you're definitely going to mess up. If you're not okay with messing up, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to hit the shot at your optimal level. You're not going to have a clear head. And they're like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, well, we start talking about some of the things we can do. And those things when they break through are huge for them and their confidence in every part of their life. And that's, that's the coolest part. Yeah, absolutely. Me. Definitely. For me, I, I, I listen to uh, Will Smith. Like I'm in legend of bagger Vance. I'm like, I just get zoned in and shit. I just picture <laughs> That's me, man. But um, yeah, that that being said, man, I, I couldn't agree more with your, your assessment. Um, and that was one thing I actually I did want to ask you about was the mental game, because I know um, the technical game is 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 that's your expertise. That's what you're doing. But the mental game is, is a whole nother game. Um, what do you think helped you? Like, is there is there books that you read? Is it just it's just. Yeah, I read. You built? I, read I, no, I just read a lot of books. Um, GL Valentine's book was. It was Fearless Golf. Uh, all of um, Dr. Rotella's books were really good. Um, and, and so a lot of those books with Gio Valentine's book was an ego-oriented book where, you know, I think the biggest reason people get nervous is they're afraid to look stupid and they're not okay with the outcomes. And anything that we do affects our ego. That was kind of the first thing. And then I started really thinking and I thought way outside the box about a lot of different issues, um, whether it's kids at school, like a good one for my kids was when, when I really thought outside the box. I'm like, listen, one of the kids every day after school, I don't know if you remember, when you, I'm sure you do. When you're a little kid, everybody runs to their friends and they all hang out as a pack. We all did. And when you feel like you're alone and, and no one's around, you just feel kind of like like a loner and you kind of feel weird. And there's a lot of kids who feel that way. And I said, listen, tomorrow your drill is to walk alone at school. And they're like, man, that's for dorks. I said, how many guys walk alone at school that are cool? And the kid goes, Jake. I'm all, why do you think Jake walks alone at school? Cause he don't give a shit. I'm all, exactly. I said, you do, you're insecure. You're following all your friends. I said, you don't want to look stupid. You want to look cool. I said, how about you walk alone and see what happens. And so the fact is, is for a lot of people, they're, they're, they're at that state and there's so many different little levels to 
um, the insecurities that we all have as people and, and how to get over them. And so a lot of my players, when I give them that drill, I'm like, Hey, go up, talk to that girl. And they freak out. You know, <laughs> But those are skills. Those are skills that are going to help you lose the, the insecurities. You know what I'm saying? If that's an issue you have, and that goes along with golf, that helps golf, that helps everything. I mean, we could go as far as to say, you know, how many times have you driven in the fast lane and you get a big truck on the right side of you and you feel like you're squeezed in and you roll through it real tight and nervous. Well, that's not going to help you in golf. I said, how about when you got a, like a tight fairway? Are you steering through there? Are you, are you tense? Are you going to let it go? Are you going to flow? And so there's a lot of drills that have players just like that. So they, they're relaxed going through traffic like that. I mean, it goes, it's endless. How many things that, that I see mentally that my juniors have problems with most of my juniors. I say, Hey, have you ever been in your, your parents' car passenger seat and got to your destination and never saw anything outside? Like you see any, any of the actual supermarkets or, or Taco Bell or whatever's next to you. And they go, yeah, all the time. And I said, why do you think that is? And I said, you're not looking at your book. You're not your thing. You're just straight ahead. Cause your zone, your zone is out like you're you're thinking about all your internal stuff you have to do that day every day i was like all right what i want you to do is just get present they're like i don't even know what that means i'm like okay just check out these mountains do you see them he's like yeah i said do you feel the wind on you do you hear the sounds and they're like, yeah and i go how from you there never so most of my juniors are never even there and that's the sad part of life so some people you as simple as that is everybody's been taught that i hope but a lot of them haven't. So those are some things that, that I can help my juniors with. And then different issues they have. Every one of them has a different issue every day. And so that is the fun part for me is to solve some of their things. I, I even have one that's playing in college that called me two days yesterday, actually. He's all, dude, I played so bad. And I realized that I'm just a, the biggest, <laughs> I don't even want to say I can't say it. I'm, <laughs> But he goes, legit, I, I just, I feel so bad because I started playing the last four holes. I just said, fuck it. I don't even give a shit. I'm, I'm just, I'm just letting it go. Yeah. And I buried the last four holes <laughs> and I still shot 84 and I'm like, oh my, and this is a college kid. I'm all really he goes. Yeah. He's like, I realized how good I was because I finished out strong. But if I would have went and just gave up those last four holes, I would have still felt like shit right now. And so that was a lesson he just learned to let go. And I think that, I think that that's what it's all about is, is understanding for these juniors or anyone, how you can actually change their life. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate like your approach conventionally, obviously with like your regular, you know, style of teaching, but the unconventional approaches that you have are, are, I couldn't agree more with them. I think all those extra things outside of golf, they add a huge element. You're right. I mean, Fuck, like just going up to a girl and then failing. And then the next time you go in, I'm going, whatever. How many times you see an ugly dude with some super hot ass chick? And you're like, why do you think he got her? He don't give a fuck. You know, he looks like shit. He just went up and said, whatever. If I lose, I'm supposed to lose. Look at her. She's out of my league anyways. Like, that's why you have that mentality. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. Yeah, it's that um the greatest game ever played. It's that guy. He's like, I'm going to lose anyway. So you just go up there. You just start swinging. That's it. It's great. It's so funny that I've had so many juniors that I said, go talk to them. They're so scared. They like get off. <laughs> And then after they do it, you know what they tell me? Dude, thanks for making me do that. I feel so much better. <laughs> and anything we're afraid to do, and then we do it, you feel so much better. And anything, anything right. you want to do, it's usually just because 
you're avoiding or you're afraid of it. I mean, any, anything we avoid in life and we go do it, whether it's working out, whether it's talking to somebody that we didn't want, whether it's competing in some event that's going to, that's going to expose us and our weaknesses. And then we do it, even whether we fail or we, we actually succeed, you feel better and you learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I want to get into the technical side. What do you, what do you think is the number one mistake or a couple of mistakes that beginners get going into golf? Um, at least drill wise, because I've looked at all your drills, man, and they're all drills. Like I said, I'm new. So I, it's all drills that I'm not familiar with. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's a fucking genius idea. That's a great drill. I'm when I go there, I'm gonna start working on those. If someone's starting to get into golf, they're going to the range and they got all this enthusiasm and they've been watching all these fucking movies and they saw Caddyshack one time, happy Gilmore. They're ready to go. But what would you recommend they go and work on when they go to the range, you know, to be a real focused if, training? If, if they can't work with the pro, I would say the first thing you got to recognize is, is ball flight. Meaning when a ball goes right, most players will aim more left. Um, and because they think that the ball is going to go more left when they aim more left. But the fact is, is they need to swing in the direction of the ball was going. So if it's going right, they need to swing more right, but then they need to close the face. Okay. So face is the king. And I mean, if the ball starts on the face, okay. So the problem is, is when a player swipes across it and swings left and they're a right-handed player, the ball slices for most players. So then they swing more left and more left and they're coming way more over the top. And so I think that you need to realize that golf is opposites and as soon as players can realize that golf is opposites and face is the king meaning the ball starts from the face and if you swing right of that club face the ball is going to go the opposite way the face is where the ball starts and you swing left of it the ball is going to go opposite it's going to go to the right so you realize that you get your face where you want the ball to start and you swing right of it for the draw you swing left of it for the cut, and you'll be in a way better area right off the bat. Just that kind of basic understanding. Now, if someone really is trying to get good at golf, I would say the pivot would probably be the first place that I'd start. When I say pivot, that means how you rotate your body. That means that if you sat up there and you said, okay, my body's going to turn this way. Well, people think of a turn and they could go this way. They could go this way they could they they move all over the place so there has to be some boundaries and right hip right here you want to create some boundaries you want to turn your shoulders all the way back so as soon as you realize that you can turn back this way then turn back this way in the proper way because i could turn a lot of ways then then you formulate your arms after so starting with pivots first and then start to learn to form your arms in the right direction and then the grip and the face are probably, I'd say you could even do the grip before because that's probably the biggest thing is the grip is, is a huge deal because players can hold it in all different ways. A lot of players think that when, when they put their grip on, this would be a stock grip. When I let my arms hang down about 45 degrees, that's 45 that's straight. That's 90. So that's about 45. If you just let your arms hang in that position right there. Most players are going to miss it right. And they're going to put their hands over thinking they're closing the face and then the arms hang like this. That's going to open back up the face, and they're going to slice it more. So grip is grip is a huge thing. Um, but I, I think that if you're going to start out, just go hit go hit a bunch of balls, and really get on the golf course and and learn to get the ball in the hole. That would be my first advice for you. 
And then I would say, okay, when you start curving it and can't control either contact or the curve control, then I a hundred percent go find yourself a pro and say, what am I looking for? Um, what do I need to do? And I think that, that, that they can help you get started in the right direction. I th- think that's the biggest thing, but for, for juniors and stuff, just play, play a lot of golf for adults. I would say, cause they don't have much time. They need to have somebody look at their golf swing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely. I know that. I, I know I hit a few balls. I thought I looked good. And my brother's little asshole, <laughs> Mr. TMZ over here starts recording all my swings. And I'm like, oh, I look like shit. I just got lucky on that one. <laughs> I'm used to that, but that's awesome, man. Um, how do you think te- technology has uh, changed your approach to teaching? Um, cause that's one thing I asked my brother. I said, Hey, give me some tips on what, uh, I should ask George. And he goes, well, the one thing that's been kind of popular in golf now is that there's a lot of technology that like focuses on distance and kind of takes away a little bit from the short game. So like, um, how has that been incorporated into your golfers and how has that been incorporated into your teaching? Does it take away from it? Does it make it better? That's a great question. I think the, that first thing that I had was a track man and I got it and probably I'm trying to say probably cause I don't want to say something it was about 2012. I got a track man. I was one of the first ones to get track man and track man is just, technology that's going to give you the distance control it'll tell you how far you hit the ball it'll tell you how much speed you have how much spin how far like down you're hitting or up you're hitting on the ball like angle descent just for baseball too you're either hitting down on or a little bit more level or up um it's also going to tell uh your vertical swing plane which is is a whole different thing but there's a lot of things that we're using but most tour players it's going to tell you how far to the right you swung, how far to the left you swung, or right down the line. It's going to tell you where your face was at at impact. So most people look at it and they do it for distance on the PGA Tour. For me, I use it for a lot of reasons. I'll use it for if a player like hits a little slice, you're like, okay, your face was two degrees open and your path was four degrees left. So most people are going, what the hell? You're, what are you talking about? They have no idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some sticks on the ground and give them a visual of where the face was at an impact and how far left their path was at. And I'm going to demonstrate and then I'm going to hit a ball and show them that like, Oh shit, it did start there. That's where my path went. That's what four degrees means. That's what two degrees right means. All right. That's pretty basic. I get it. And I said, we need to shift your path. And they go, how do I do that? I said, well, you ain't going to do that until you get your face a little more shut. Well, how do I get my face more shut? And then I'll tell them your grip or you're going to have to actually flex it, which is bowing the wrist. And then all of a sudden the ball goes left and then they go, oh shit, now I want to swing more right. Boom. And then all of a sudden things start changing. But that technology, like you asked and your brother asked, is great. Like that, that helps a lot. Now there's also force plates, like swing catalyst has force plates. I think those are very, very, very cool. I think they're good. Now, if I had those every day for me and my personal teaching it could slow me down, but I think they're great, great use. That means how much force am I putting into the ground? So there's these force plates that that are under like the carpet, basically, or under a, a driving range mat, but they're not. They have their own carpet under. And when you put pressure down, that's a vertical force. When you actually are twisting the ground, that's that's a torque. When you actually are like pushing forward, that's like a horizontal force. So there's, you got horizontal, you got vertical, you got torque that they're registering on there. And they have graphs that show the level and people like trip out on them. Like, oh shit, I need more verticals or I'm actually standing up too quick or whatever it might be, or I'm driving my legs too much. Those are cool. I can see that on video. 
and people go, no, you can't. And when I went and hung out with people, they're like, yeah, you can kind of see it. And I'm like, of course I can. The fact is, is if I did that every day and I had to show somebody the graphs and all the rest, I think that would slow me down. But I think it's a very important tool to have. So to answer your question, I think that a lot of the tools that are out there are terrific. I do. I think, um, but I do think that like the 3D motion sensors, they'll put all these electrodes on you and, and you're hitting balls and then I'll show you what, what things you're doing with your arms or whatever. I think that things are great, but they do slow me as a coach down. As somebody else, you're going to take a day off and be like, I'm going to get all my numbers and everything. I think it's a great tool, but for me, teaching somebody day in, day out, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need them all, but they're cool. Right. Yeah. Like you can't replace human contact teaching, you know, when it's word to word, mouth to mouth visuals, like with the, with, like you said, with the markers, all those things, that thing is it's, it's irreplaceable, but when you can add the technology to it, to supplement it, I think that's genius idea. Absolutely. There's very high, highly qualified people that use those like the 3d motion sensors. I, I think that there's a lot of unqualified people who get this and all of a sudden people trust them because they have this great computer um, or, or a force plate. My, one of my best friends has bought a force plate. And if he went over there and he's all telling people what the force, I'd be like, bro, <laughs> can't break 90, but all of a sudden he knows how to read graphs. This is what you need to do. That's what I see from people. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, Glenn, stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Stop that bullshit. <laughs> no, that's when we were kids. That's the kid with the brand new glove and the nice little armbands with his name on it, but he fucking sucked. You're like, okay, man. Here we go. <laughs> That is exactly the way it is. So to answer your question, yes, there's there there is a good good time if a player doesn't have any kind of speed or anything, and you're like, dude, I've tried everything. Let's go check out your your like let's see your vertical force, your torques, and 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 see what's going on and what we can do and what these graphs are saying. If you're a, a coach like that, a lot of players are like, yeah, let's go check it out. To me, if I can't figure that out by now after I've been doing this, um, then that's why I wouldn't be busy. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's, right. It doesn't mean I know everything. I didn't say that. I'm just saying that I know enough <laughs> that I know why people are losing speed or, or the rest that, that I could use that, but it's going to slow me down if I did it to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was another, what I was going to ask next was your, your approach with your pros, because, you know, obviously they know a lot as well. You know, they've been doing it their whole life. So um, well, they, they don't, they don't oh, really, they know a lot more about if they went and did a playing lesson with the player, they would be better than anyone at teaching. Like if they're like, let's go on the golf course, PGA tour players, they're so brilliant at understanding how to play the game and understanding you know, let's take this side out. If you, why are you hitting this club? This club's going to spin too much. You see this green and the pins back and the pins tilted like this. If you hit that club, it's your max club. It's going to spin all the way back. You need to hit something lower and, and knock it down. And then they'll show you how to do it. That's where they're brilliant at. They're the, they're, they're super smart with that stuff. When it comes to technique, a lot of them, not all of them, don't want to know about a technique they want they just want to flow they want to hit distances they want to be creative they want to see shots um but then there are some technicians like i have a guy named sung kang 
who is very technical, um, wants to know every piece of the motion. And then I get one guy, like I used to teach one of his best friends, Danny Lee and Danny Lee would be like, he didn't want to know shit. He just wanted me to tell him what to do. You know what I mean? And then if you look at like one of my, my top 40 in the world players, Matt Wolf, he goes, he has his, his stages of wanting to know and then not wanting to know. So he's kind of like on both ends of the spectrum where he just wants to be an athlete and see something vision when it's not, he wants, he just wanted me to tell him what to do. Now he wants to know more because he doesn't want to be so dependent on a, a coach for them to tell him exactly what they have to do and everything. But if I do tell him everything, then all of a sudden it's going to slow his natural ability to flow down. So there's kind of a give take. And if a player can handle it like Tiger and people will go, yeah, I can handle it, but they can't because when you start like thinking about so many things out there, cause they got so much stuff on their plate, whether it's the mental game, whether it's the shot in front of them, whether it's playing in front of millions of people, which is natural for them now, whatever it might be, they don't want to be thinking about technique when it comes under the gun. And some players, when they're really smart and they hit a slice or they, they overhook it, they know what they did and what to do next is, is genius. I mean, it really is for them. So to say that, that the tour players would know more, I think sometimes I'll get a kid that knows everything about a golf swing and they suck. <laughs> they do, but they know everything, but they don't know how to get their body to work that way. And you look at a tour player and a lot of things, they're so gifted, they're so natural and not saying they didn't work for it because they all did. I'm just saying you ain't making on the PGA tour unless you have a work ethic. That's for sure. No one's that talented to just go, I'm, I'm so good. I don't need to work. That, that, that doesn't happen nowadays, but you'll get a kid that studied everything. And they're like, dude, I know about that. And I'm like, well, you ain't doing any one of these things you're talking about. And I said, well, how do I do it? So I have to show them how to feel it and how to create the motion. And to me, I think that's probably the biggest gift of being a coach is not knowing everything is how to fix each and every individual player. And some players want to know technique. And that's my, my favorite lessons are usually people that are cool overall, but, but my favorite are usually when I get a teacher, they're, they're also teaching golf. And they come to me and I get those quite often. They're, they're the most fun because they ask the most questions because they can't figure out yet whether they're young or whatever it is, they're new coaches. And they're like, dude, I get guys like who do this. And I just, I don't, I don't, I, I it, it crushes me because I want to fix this guy so bad. And I'll say, show me a video and they'll show me. And I'm like, all right, here's what you do. And they're like, stoked because now they got a piece of a puzzle that they could fix this player and not keep bumping into the same thing. That's a big deal. You know what I mean? And for me, the way I figured most of it out is just experimenting with one player after another. And after a while, you start to figure out patterns. And, and for a new coach, and you get under the gun and someone's frustrated, they're, they're going to leave you if you don't figure it out. So a lot of those coaches, they're fun for me to teach because they're like, dude, this is life or death. Can you help me out with this? And, and that's fun for me. Yeah, I know. And I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of it weighs on the student too, like on his responsibilities. My, uh, my buddy tells a funny story about how he's, he's a big gun nut. He's been shooting his whole life. His grandparents taught him how his dad taught him how, whatever. And then he got older and he, he went to the military, did the whole thing there. 
and he wanted to, to be a police officer. So he signed up, goes to his like academy things. Like the one thing he was looking forward to was like the shooting part. Like, I can't wait to do this and like show how good I am. And then he said he went and then he finished like third or fourth. And the kid who finished first had a perfect score. And he said he went up to him and he was like, dude, like you're good. He's like, how'd you, how'd you learn? He's like, I've never shot a gun before in my life. Like it just was first time shooting was here. And he's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. He's like, well, it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just listen to the instructors. Like I just, whatever they tell me is what I do. So it's funny, like that blank slate of like, well, I don't know many things. So just whatever they tell me is what I'm going to learn. Instead of having these pre-designed ideas of what you think is the best and going in with your own ego, essentially saying, I'm going to prove everyone wrong because I've been, I've been golfing my whole life. I know what I'm doing. Sometimes it's better to sit back and just go, just I'll do whatever you teach me, man. Let's let's see where it works. You know, those are cool. Those are cool lessons when you get a blank slate with talent and they've never had any kind of motion change. They just don't know. They're like, I get those with a lot of like women or girls that had never played before. They just put their hands in the club and they're like, it's terrible. And they're they're They get the best, the fastest by far because they don't know how to hold a grip. They've never hit a ball. And you're like, all right, put your grip like this. And, and girls are so much less stiff, like, and they don't want to pound the ball. They're not trying to like impress anybody. They're just like, all right, put it here. Right. Now put your ass, do some of this. And all of a sudden they're like, they're not tight. They're not muscular. It's, they turn fluid because they, they're probably stretching a lot more than guys. For sure they are. And so then you tell them to go through and they can hold their finish. Then you formulate their arms and then you get your face right. And within like an hour, they're a different person. When you get a guy who's like, like swinging hard and muscly. And <laughs> all right. First off, slow the fuck down. <laughs> Let's do some stuff. He's all, dude, I just want to stop hitting that slide. Well, this is what you have to go through to stop hitting that slice. You got to do these things. They're like, dude, can you just like do something with my grip? No, fucking. If you want to stop that, that's why you keep doing that. Let me do what I do. But girls, like when you get a, a blank slate, like you said, whether it is a girl or a guy, because there are guys that actually do really well right away too. Um, but in general, yeah, you get those those players that are super muscly that want to smash the ball. They're probably the hardest because their arms are all bunched up like baseball. They come in steep and they want to smash the ball. So you got to slow them down. And usually they're pretty tight. And that's probably the hardest lesson is someone that's really bulky because they want to smash. Yeah. Yeah. Girls are definitely a lot more graceful and guys are a lot more rocky. I want to hit frozen pieces of meat and have Mick yell at me the whole time until I get it right. <laughs> you are correct. hundred percent correct. <laughs> Anyways, man, I wanted to move on to, uh, to the masters, man. We're finally here. It's coming around. You know, it's the time of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on the masters, my man? I, I love going there. I think it's probably one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And I, I would say, I mean, every time we go there, it's, I mean, it's just a cool, the first time I ever went there, I had no idea that it was so grand. It's so, so big. You can see so many holes at one time. When you walk in the gates, you're like, wow, I can see 10, uh, 10, one. Uh, what else can you see? You can see nine, you can see 18. I mean, you can see way more than that, but you're like, dude. It's you can see two, the two green. It's this. I've never seen a course where I can see like five holes as soon as you walk up. You know, you usually see three holes or whatever it is, but you can see a lot of holes. And it's just the the color of the course is so beautiful. Just the the whole atmosphere is different, and you could you could feel it when you walk in. And um, that's about I think in two weeks. No, about two and a half three weeks. I'll be out there with 
my player, Matt Wolf, and I'm leaving next week for two weeks. First off, I'm going to, we're going to go grind out in Florida and we're going to make sure he gets things right. And then I'm going to go spend the week with him out there and we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about it. I, I get excited every time this year. It's, it's, it's fun. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait, dude. Well, hopefully you're, hopefully your guys win, man. That'll be awesome, dude. We'll call you back. Uh, you got to come back on the show, dude. Matt Wolf just took the championship. If, oh, if Matt Wolf wins, I'll definitely come back on your show. <laughs> <laughs> but I can go anyways. You, I think you're great, great at what you do already. And you said you've only been doing it for a year and a half? Yes, sir. You're natural. Oh, like, thanks, man. You're really um, good at asking questions. You're smooth. Most people look like they're just waiting to ask that question that I do podcast you look like you can flow into without a problem oh thanks I, it's all credit to my folks man they're both talkers you got to learn how to survive in that family man that's all I've it is done i've done hundreds of podcasts and every time i do a podcast i've never said it said this to anyone but like usually it's like certain times we'll talk the same time what's awkward and and things get twisted but it always ends up good it's just like you have some flow Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that a lot, man. Likewise to you as well. You know, obviously you're, you're amazing at what you're doing and that's, you know, I was honored to even speak with you, man. This is a, it's a great opportunity for me and I'm, I'm glad to call you a friend, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I was glad to be on the show. Continued success with you. What's, what's the plan for you? Am I allowed to ask that? Oh no, not at all. Yeah. The plan is, uh, just keep having fun and then hopefully, uh, someone, I keep getting more opportunities. That's all it is. You know, I'm, uh, just a dumb kid from Whittier, California, having fun. That's all it is, you know. Just is this, is this your main job now? No, no, I have another job, but I can't mention them. And then they, uh, you know, now I'm representing them and whatnot. <laughs> so yeah, but but it's nice. uh, it's it's a fun. It started off as a fun hobby, and um, it's taken off a lot more than that. And now it's just I'm honored to just keep doing this, man. It's it's so fun. You're great at it. You're great at it. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Is there any other way I can um, help? Yeah, George Genghis, do me a favor. Um, tell everyone your social media and like where they can reach you and all that good stuff. Um, you can reach me at George Genghis Golf. So if you, it, for anything, whether it's my products, whether it's my membership, it's all George Genghis Golf. Um, my YouTube's George Genghis Golf. My Instagram's George Genghis Golf. So those are all my platforms. And if you want to get a lesson, you can call a number 805-807-5953. That's my assistant, Crystal. And look forward to seeing you. That's about it. Awesome. Thanks a lot hey, for joining us, George. One more last thing. Where are you where are you living? Where are you living? Right now, right now I live in Garden Grove, right down the street from Anna Angel Stadium. Oh, you do? So you're yeah. in Anna? Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, good, good. Well, if you come to my area, I'm in Westlake, hit me up. Hell yeah, I'd love to get a lesson, man. You can show me how uh, stupid I look on all my swings. I'm I'm looking forward to it. If you're a baseball player, they never look stupid. <laughs> all right. This is Alternate Take. It's been a great time doing this. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Appreciate you. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our interview with the best damn golfing instructor on the planet, George Genkis. Thanks a lot for stopping on the podcast, George. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, someone with your level of talent, respect, knowledge, and wisdom within the sport of golf is something that's highly respected here at Alternate Take. And for you to take the time out and um, come chat with us and be as cool as you were and as humble as you were and, and to say the nice things you just said at the end of the podcast, man, that means that means the world to me. So I really appreciate everything you do, man, and, and uh, thanks a lot, man. Glad to call you a friend. Thanks a lot to Crystal, your assistant, for setting up the interview as well. That was 
way too cool. For all of you George Genkis fans, go to the podcast description where I put all of his social media so you know where to sign up to get better than me at golf. And for all of you Alternate Take fans, go to our, same thing, podcast description and you'll see at Alternate Take DR and check out our YouTube as well. This is Alternate Take. My name is Danny Rodriguez and I'll see you guys later. Peace.